0: On June 25th, the talents of Charlotte composers and musicians will be on display at Carnegie Hall in New York City. Composers James Kevin Gray and Rick Bean have created a jazz mass that will be performed by many musicians and singers from the Charlotte area in a concert dedicated to Dr. Bob Edgerton, who was head of the vocal department at Winthrop University for many years. They join me today to talk about the Mass and the upcoming event, and we'll also talk to Don Anthony, who is well-known to Charlotte audiences and who will be one of the vocal soloists, as well as by Sanja Sepulveda, who is conducting the performance. Thank you all for, for being on Piedmont Arts today.
1: It's a pleasure.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome. My pleasure.
0: Well, let's start out by talking about the work itself and how it came to be. This is a co-composition? Ryan it is. is. Okay. Well, Kevin and Rick, you want to tell us how it happened?
3: Well, I, I, will, I will give you a little bit of a start. Uh, I ran into Kevin. I haven't seen him in 30 years almost. I went to a concert, and Kevin did a beautiful encore for a group called Renaissance. And I went to the reception, and I went back and introduced myself to Kevin, and said, Kevin, I think we could write a jazz mass where that's a little bit different from everything we see where not only jazz musicians back singers, but the singers back jazz musicians as they play their solos. So it's a totally integrated piece of work. We thought we could mix all of the elements of jazz, classical and a cappella, and everything into one, one large piece.
1: It was an interesting process also. The first two times we met, we just talked about the nature of the work. And one of the things we, we decided on early on was to have everything in English rather than the typical Latin text and and rough translations of of the English. We really each kind of gravitated toward different movements from the mass. And it's almost like a Lynn McCartney exercise where each movement, one person would primarily take the lead on that one. Then we would hand what we had worked off to the other one and the other one would massage it and add 20 measures. And I never worked that way before. I really never uh, co-composed with anyone, but with Rick, everything flowed so naturally, you know, handing him uh, the curier, and then he he tacked on a few measures to it, and he handed me uh, uh, the credo, and I said, "This is great, but let's do this little little insert a little classical ten measures and so it was just it was just a very organic and a very enjoyable experience,
0: absolutely. so you have the traditional movements that you would find in a traditional mass, yes. yes.
3: But in English, it's very difficult to do jazz in Latin. So we could say, instead of the credo, we say, this is what I believe, you know, this is more of a jazz feel, but it covers what the liturgy covers in the mass.
1: The other thing of that too, rather than using a large jazz ensemble, we decided um, one of the things I really enjoy, and I think Rick does too, is if you were to go to a jazz club and hear a small quartet or trio play, There's an intimacy in that, that we wanted that to convey into the music. Also, so the chorus would not be overwhelmed by a whole whole host of instruments. So it's a small ensemble, much like you would hear if you were to go to a jazz club. Piano, saxophone, a bass guitar, and drums. It's fairly balanced between, you know, we have two vocal soloists, Don and, and, and Herbert Johnson, who will be singing. Small instrumental ensemble, and then the chorus.
3: And at certain instruments, uh, uh, the saxophone can have a just a wailing, crying quality to it. The piano can have a very soft feel to it. Piano can also have a very soulful feel to it in an Oscar peterson style. Mm-hmm. So we decided to mix these types of styles into this, and it worked out well.
0: Um, how long have you been? Did it take you to write it? About a year.
3: And a, yeah, about a year. Yeah.
0: And i'm curious what was it that made you decide you wanted
3: to do a mass from my perspective i have done some things uh there are some called one called a little jazz mass and then there's another called jazz gloria and all of these are as i noticed playing them i so the jazz musicians are dutifully dutifully backing up these singers and really not doing a darn thing and uh, as far as jazz expressing jazz and i thought like, this is not right every player has to have an input to this. That was the whole idea to mix it in, put it in a blender and mix it up so it comes out one piece of work, not just a, here's a choral work. Uh, this is a jazz work with a chorus and with jazz musicians.
1: The other point of that too, is that the mass is ancient. It's been around in some forms for 2000 years. It has been a, a, a universal experience, a shared experience for Billions and billions of people over those 2,000 years and also that mass has been shaped by all the different cultures that have experienced it. Whether it's people from Europe, whether it's people from South America, from Asia, from Africa, this mass has been prevalent all over the world. So again, a shared experience, an ancient experience, bring it into a way where where you can show the different ways that has been touched by other cultures.
0: Don, I want to ask you a question. You're, you mostly are singing secular music, are you not in your career?
4: Uh, no, I sing a little bit of both.
0: Actually, it's
4: it's a both. It's both. Um, I, um, I'm sorry. You want to ask a question? I'm sorry.
0: No, I mean you can go on from there. I was just going to ask you if you know, do you approach the sec- a secular, a sacred piece differently from a secular piece? And have you done a, a jazz mass before?
4: I have done a jazz mass before. I think my first introduction to a mass at all was probably Haydn's Mass in Time of War um, when I was in middle school, no, high school, high school. So I was familiar with having Latin text in my mouth, uh, which was great. But I will say coming to it from a young person, I didn't have connection to that text. It was about the notes at that time. Uh, so, coming to it from a spiritual standpoint as an older person, now with the connection coming from, from a spiritual context and understanding what I am saying was a whole, um, an, another meaning totally to come to it with um, a, from a different standpoint as far as my heart. So, not just an intellectual um, aspect um, with notes on the page, but from a spiritual standpoint. So, um, I could connect to it from both sides. The beauty, I think, of this work is the fact that jazz, which is a wonderful improvisational style, there are moments in the mass that I have an opportunity to be able to do some of those things. And so I connect with it, again, from the spiritual standpoint of creation, being part of that is being made in his image. So the aspect of being able to create real time
0: um, musically is really pretty neat. And how long have you been working on this? Uh, When did they approach you about it?
4: I think um, I would say when it was near its finishing, I was really excited about it because it was blending two parts, um, the classical and the jazz. And um, and it was just beautiful to be able to to approach it from the first, like I said, mentioned before, from the spiritual standpoint, but also among friends. So we had knowledge of each other and wanting to honor my friends. As well, and so there was a seriousness to um, coming to it, but also an ultimate
3: joy. I'll have to say that I, I'm glad she accepted it because I wrote it with her voice in mind.
0: <laughs> so I have a question for you, uh, Sanja. And uh, Sanja Sepulveda is the conductor for the performances happening on June 25th in Carnegie Hall. I understand that you have something to do with why this is going to be performed in Carnegie Hall. Can you tell us how how that came about?
2: Well, about four years ago, I guess, um, Kevin had called me and said he wrote this piece and that uh, one of my colleagues had approached him about performing it at Carnegie. Would I be willing to conduct it? And I I was thrilled and honored. And um, mostly I have um, made My emphasis on the spiritual and some gospel aspects as well as classical. I wrote my dissertation on the spiritual and how to perform it and so I was really excited about the possibility to do something with jazz and he at that time I listened to it and it had to me three elements it was the classical and then it had jazz and then it had kind of a gospel spiritual side of it too which was really exciting so i told him at the time i was excited about doing it and then of course covid hit and mm-hmm. all that just went away so after it got up and running again um uh, they approached me about conducting at carnegie something that i wanted to do and that i thought would be exciting not necessarily something tried and true, but something that was exciting. And I thought, ah, I know just the thing. So I called Kevin and said, what about if we do your mass along with Rick Bean? And he said, oh, that's exciting. So while we were talking, we realized that the reason that either one of us or who we are today is that because we had both worked with Robert Edgerton and that as a composer, as a young composer, um, Bob Edgerton showed him interest right from the beginning, even as a teenager when he was there for Allstate. And he came to winter when I was a freshman back a million years ago, and he transformed the department and who we all were. And the first time I really stood in front of a choir and waved my arms was in front of his class.
0: There are a couple of his works on the program as well, right?
2: exactly somewhere which is iconic i think that that so many people in america have sung that vocal jazz arrangement of somewhere that of course is from west side story one of my students who who is coming from california who's in his late 20s said oh my gosh i'm so excited about somewhere because i actually have it memorized from when i sang it in high school so so many people have this connection to that piece and and how neat it is that west side story has made a, a real comeback in the recent you know, year, so that it's it's on people's radar, even more now than normal. And the Battle Hymn of the Republic, which I did with my high school choir decades ago. And so it really means a lot to me to do both of those pieces and to see um, him light up at, at hearing the pieces come alive from the page under these voices and in my hands. As one of my students would say, it's very epic. <laughs>
0: Well, I think this whole experience for all of you who are involved is pretty epic. I mean, Dawn, have you ever sung at Carnegie Hall?
4: Never, never <laughs> have I. and I am um, I am so excited, nervous, but in a, in a wonderful way because i I know the many people who have been on that stage who have preceded me. It's a great honor. And so to bring these two forms together, I hope it's not a once-in-a-lifetime, but currently it's once in my lifetime thus far.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Same for you, Kevin and Rick? Or,
3: uh, is this your yes. first... Um... This is our first foray into Carnegie Hall.
1: We're going to get people uh, clapping and moving, I think, in Carnegie Hall. So it really is designed to be an experience. And, uh, and one of the reasons I'm so happy that Sanja is, is conducting and that Dawn is singing uh, it's because these are both artists who understand that music is more than just entertainment. It is an experience. And Rick is playing the piano on this. If you've ever heard Rick, oh my gosh, experience within <laughs> himself. I mean, he's incredible.
2: I was listening to him play while my hands were in the air, getting ready to perform bring in the choir. and he was so amazing that I just didn't bring him in. And I I said, I am so sorry, choir, I won't let that happen again, but let's all get over this, this experience with him playing so that we can concentrate on the music, but he was he was quite just one of those heads and shoulders above people that you normally hear play and between and dawn and herbert johnson herbert johnson is Mm. a major voice Mm. um who will blow your hair back and like dawn both of them are the real deal that means that when they're singing you it's not just a performance but you really feel from their heart what they're singing and that type of connection makes people in the audience get connected in a way that just pure performance doesn't do. We don't want to just impress people. We want to inspire them. Ooh. And that—that that is, I think, the most important thing. This is not my first time at Carnegie. I've conducted a good many times with different groups, but it's never old. I have to tell you that when you stand backstage and you look at that iconic ceiling and you can see the audience, it never gets over the thrill. It just never, is old, and if you could just flash through your mind all the people—not just musicians, but politicians and poets and and people that have walked on that stage—and that you're about to walk out, out there in the same space they've stood, it is just almost beyond words. People can't wrap their
0: minds around it. Donna, it okay. looks like you wanted to say something.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to piggyback on Sandra and everything that she expressed regarding Herbert and I. When we're sitting back and she's beginning to talk with the choir and to share with them what she's trying to articulate through them for her to relay everything that she just mentioned you know as far as experiencing from the heart what you want the audience to feel it was just a masterclass. if you're watching her trying to um,
2: communicate what she wants to get out of them and she gets it out of them thank you dawn it's easy when the people around you, Rick and Kevin and Dawn and Herbert, are like putting on gloves, they fit so well. And it, it, it's not hard to perform when when everything fits so perfectly together.
3: And it, it does, go ahead, Rick. I was just gonna say one unique thing about this concert is I feel like that we're taking Charlotte and south carolina we're taking it to carnegie hall this is a little bit unique i think here's a mm-hmm. piece composed by charlotteans going to be played by charlottean jazz musicians and for the most part carolinian singers although uh i guess Sanja, we have what eight states and 130 singers going up there this is something that charlotte can provide carnegie hall and uh you know i think it's one of our better exports
0: i'm glad you mentioned that because uh from what you're describing this sounds like a world class experience right it is going to happen in carnegie hall and yet it's based right here
3: absolutely I
2: think that it also speaks to how how unifying music is i mean you've you've got um jazz and the spiritual gospel are all American music. It's our folk music. It is uniquely American. And it belongs to everyone. And you've got such a diverse amount of people on that stage coming together and showing that music has no color, has no no box, that everyone can communicate with this and learn from each other. And we've got uh, one of my students that's conducting the first song called I am in need of music by David Bruner. And uh, David Richardson, we were laughing, David and I were. He's an African-American gentleman who is conducting the classical piece. And I, the Caucasian woman, is conducting the the jazz piece. And then the composers are Caucasian. And then the soloists are African-American. And I think it just speaks to how music is just just universal. And that all saying is that music can say things that words could never say.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it seems like it's one of our best opportunities to come together. One last question, uh, just will this be performed in Charlotte again?
3: We certainly hope so. We'd love to do it. And as we've shown, we can, Sandra, you can roust up an- another choir, I'm sure. I
2: am always ready to do this. And after we sing it at Carnegie, we can also speak to people and see that maybe this summer we want to have a reunion and do it again in the area.
0: Well, thank you all for uh, for joining me today and, and being on this episode of Piedmont Arts. It's really exciting what you're doing and um, best of luck. Again, the concert at Carnegie Hall is on June 25th. It's a jazz mass written by composers James Kevin Gray and Rick Bean who are a couple of the guests that we've been talking to today. We've also been joined by Don Anthony, a well-known Charlotte vocalist who will be one of the vocal soloists. And we've also been joined by conductor Sanja Sepulveda who's conducting the performance in New York. So thank you all for taking the time today and I hope it's a huge success.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, Rachel. such an honor to be with all these great musicians
3: and conductors.
2: Oh, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: You've been listening to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart.